A wild podcast has appeared. Welcome to the Power Up Powercast. My name is Tyler. I'm Andrew. And I'm Caitlin. And we have a lot of good stuff to talk about this week, including Red Dead Redemption and a discussion about re-releases with video games. Steve Rogers, Captain America Issue 2, and of course, our weekly trivia shenanigans. Uh, Let's start off with the summary of our points this week. Currently, the score is Andrew at one point, myself, Tyler, at 1.1 points, and Caitlin at 2.5 points, holding the lead. And this week... Oh, yeah. And this week, Caitlin is asking the questions. All right. Well, we'll get started. Um... First, we're going to start with Pokemon trivia because of Pokemon Go. So oh, why yeah. not, right? And the question is, I'm not sure if we should break this because there's two answers to if we should have one point for each or 0.5. I'll let you go. We'll talk about that after. Point for each if but it's a two-part question. It mm-hmm. is kind of a two-part question. I think that's fair. Yeah, I agree. What are the main Pokemon that Jesse and James use in the anime? Oh, uh, Meowth. Uh, he's part of their party. I don't think she's counting yeah, he, that. Like, he's, are you he'd talking, be offended by that. Oh, uh, oh Ekans okay. Okay. and... Um, uh, the, ooh, it's the gas coughing? one, isn't it? Coughing. Oh, you got yeah. the name. Andrew got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a close one. Yeah. It was. Meowth, I mean, Two points you could possibly... Me. I just feel like he'd be offended by it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. He uh, He was not a typical Pokemon. No, he worked hard to learn the human language. Yeah, <laughs> he's a tough and guy. Followed the, and followed the wrong crew. <laughs> happens to those guys. Uh, hey, so Andrew, we would say you have two points now because of that. Uh, I'm up to three total. I mean, from like just for right yeah. now, you yeah. get two points from that question. Okay. I'm making and all the rules, so it's going to pan out in my favor. I, I guess so. <laughs> all right, and this next one, um doesn't really pertain to our podcast anymore but we did watch this movie called the prophecy or a lot of with a lot of their sequels which is just a ridiculous movie remember andrew yep there was uh, the with- uh, the walking on sunshine marathon this past weekend on el rey uh that had the uh five prophecy movies oddly enough he, uh, christopher walken's only in the first three <laughs> well i definitely missed the other last two sad but since Christopher Walken's main character is Gabriel, I thought I'd throw out a question since it's very religious movie and it's very ridiculous. Um, what is Gabriel's main job? Like, what is he an angel of? Ooh. Like, isn't, isn't he a, like, an angel of heaven? <laughs> yeah, is Archangel well, I mean, the answer you're looking for or is it like something specific? Specific. Like, what is he known to do? What was he carrying around? Ooh, I feel like I should know this. Could we do a hint? I mean, it's going to give... I don't really know how to hint it. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have to concede. What's the answer? He's a messenger. Are all angels considered messengers? Angel is like derived from, I think, the Greek word for messenger. Ah, okay. Well, then what do we have for a third question? When was the very first issue of Captain America? Oh. You guys can use Bing too, you know. Are you looking for like a specific release date? Um, not like specific, like a year is fine. 1942? Ooh. Close. Uh, 
You're super close. Ooh, 1941. That's it. Damn. Woo. And I got a point. I got a point. Do you look it up? Yeah. Ah, you I got a half point. a point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't against the rules, wait, wait, what, but it what, is fair. Weren't sympathy points point three points? Ooh, you know, I don't think we actually wrote that down. Mm. Let's leave it up to the question uh, deliverer. Would you say 0.5 or 0.3 for sympathy points? 0.5. Uh, 0.5? Being generous. Right. Yeah, I like that. We got a generous Caitlin today, which means totals now. We have Andrew in the lead with three points, Caitlin in second with two and a half points, and me bringing up the rear with 1.6 points. Whopping 1.6. <laughs> I get a lot of sympathy points, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So I think that wraps up trivia. Let's go ahead and uh, dive into games this week. Yeah. All right. Well, this past week in gaming, Red Dead Redemption was approved for backwards compatibility on Xbox One. And it's kind of a big deal. Backwards compatibility is obviously good for gamers being able to play older games they own on new hardware. Publishers seem to be moving more and more towards remasters and upscale re-releases of games. Do you guys think that re-releases like that alienate their fan base? Or do you think that the kind of mentality will effectively end other larger profile games from becoming backwards compatible? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think re-releases, they're kind of like a mixed bag. Especially like with most uh, bigger AAA publishers. Uh, really like the only publisher that I can think of immediately that, that has done re-releases that actually do anything to uh, up, update the game uh, has been Microsoft where they've given like full new character models, new assets, new textures, uh, but built on the same game mechanics. Most other publishers, they just like re-release a game with maybe uh, uncompressed textures or increased frame rate, but they're still using all the same assets. I've ignored my better judgment a lot of times and have bought some re-releases most notably being like the, the recent uh, Resident Evil 5 re-release, which I actually just finished writing my review of that today. But most times I think re-releases are kind of pointless because, uh, like, like I said, like, unless it's like Microsoft where they actually do something to update the game, uh, even if it's built on the same core mechanics, but like giving us new models and assets, doing a re-release of the game, especially when it's something that can be played like an older version you know being backwards compatible is kind of like a waste of money like why would you invest in something that you already have if you if you have a platform played on like i think it's insulting that they favor doing these re-releases over approving the backwards compatibility so that way we can already play our existing games yeah i mean i i can agree with that i i think really mostly with uh re-releases it's just another way for the company to try to get more money out of you you know it's it backwards compatibility would be just fine with me uh because i mean granted if it is backwards compatible i'd probably have to rebuy it again anyways but um or are you talking about when you say backwards compatibility you mean more the machine can is backwards compatible with previous games like xbox one is capable through emulation of playing xbox 360 games so uh, I have I have Resident Evil 5 for Xbox 360. Now that they've re-released Resident Evil 5 for Xbox One, I don't see them ever approving 
Resident Evil 5 for Xbox 360 being backwards compatible. Yeah. Well, I mean, like like I said, that's just another way for them to try to make a buck out of it, you know. You can you can allow your machine to be backwards compatible with games, but you're just allowing somebody who put an investment into that game, you know, six years ago, eight years ago, you're allowing them to keep that investment going for the same price they paid that that so many years ago. Um, this way, I guess, yeah, they put in some work to obviously release these things. And, uh, you know, I... They need to get paid. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it with um, with backwards compatibility. There's there's no risk, and with the way that the Microsoft platform has it set up, is like those those titles still exist on the digital uh, store. So if it's something that you haven't played before or something that you haven't uh, purchased, you can still buy that. So like developers can still get money from games that are backwards compatible because they're available for purchase from the store, but um, when you have something that's like a re-remaster or re-release, then they do have to have that financial investment. They have to have those development costs, and they have to get those costs back. So, I mean, with something like backwards compatibility, you don't have any additional costs, and you still have that item out there that people can purchase. And often it's better for the consumer as much as it is for business because, like, as I said, like, there's no there's no additional cost for making a game backwards compatible. And with the consumer, it's like they don't have to spend uh, a premium to cover this development cost to buy a game that was developed 10 years ago. And, I mean, if, they, if they're going to do a re-release, I feel like they should really put in that work to make it worth it, you know? If uh, if I'm gonna go, even if it's a cheap game, ten twenty dollar re-release, I think it's something that should have had some work done to it. Yeah, that's like one of the things. Like I appreciate what uh, Microsoft Publishing has done with their re-releases is they've gone through and they've made like completely new assets. Like most other uh, games that are re-released are typically the same assets or very moderate replacement of assets where Microsoft has gone through, they've they've remodeled the entire world, uh, crafted new character assets, did all new textures, new lighting, all of that stuff. It's essentially like graphically an entirely new game, even though that the game engine at the core is the same. And that's something that I'm all for because that's something that makes a 10-year-old game look brand new, feel brand new. Uh, something along the lines of Resident Evil 5 where it's basically just repackaged like they didn't do anything to make that game any better it does run a little better because of an increased frame rate um and it does have a higher native resolution but they didn't actively like do anything to make the game look better it's still all of the same textures that they used in 2009 and some of them look really ugly because they're they're pretty low res <laughs> textures and that's yeah. something that like you know, i can't stand by because it's it's a 20 dollar game that's seven years old now I can kind of feel for the artists in in the gaming uh, game development, you know, companies. This past week, actually, I I was playing around and I made a 3D model and I decided I was going to paint the textures. I was going to I wasn't going to you know go to Google Images and try to find one that looked close enough that didn't have a watermark. You know, I was going to actually go through and I was going to by hand make all these textures and it took hours hours to unwrap the UVs, which in this case actually probably would have already been done. But to, to paint it, that, that itself took hours. But I'm no artist, so I had to, you know, look up 
uh, reference images and little tips and tricks. So I guess it could be done a lot faster, but that's a lot of work. Uh, but it is worth it, though, I think. Like like you said, when you do it right, it is worth that extra money. Yeah. And but I mean, like, that's the thing is like uh, something where they didn't put any effort into making it better, but are still charging that uh, premium. I feel like that's that's insulting instead of just like saying, yeah, make this game backwards compatible. And there's no reason that it couldn't be both. Like, there's no reason that they couldn't have released this lazy port of a seven-year-old game as an HD remaster and also made it backwards compatible. Because if you're a new player, if you've never played Resident Evil before, and these are likely the people who are going to be buying these the most, if you've never played this game before, you're going to buy the new version over the one that was Mm -hmm. originally released. You're going to buy the Xbox One version over the Xbox 360 version. And if I'm not mistaken, somebody who played it for the first time, Caitlin, didn't you play it a few days ago? I was playing Resident Evil 5, which I did thoroughly enjoy. It was fun. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, which I'm very bad at, but I enjoyed it a lot. It was fun. And now was this the remastered Resident Evil 5? Yes. This or is, re-released? Yeah, the, the re-released. It's hard to call it a remaster in any capacity because, firstly, <laughs> you can't remaster a video game. And then mm-hmm. secondly, they didn't do anything to it. It's basically like a repackaged PC version. Like, I don't, uh, I don't see any difference between the one that I play on Xbox One and the PC version that I bought in 2009. <laughs> and, Caitlin, did you feel like it was a pretty old game playing it, too? I mean, you, you can tell it looks a little bit older, but since I have never played the original, I couldn't really tell the difference mm-hmm. too much. Yeah, as a comparison. I just, hey. you, I just, you could tell. It wasn't ah, okay. up to like the standards of today. Oh yeah. But um, the gameplay is a lot of fun. It, it I'm glad Andrew purchased it. <laughs> well, that's good. Bringing back an old game, slapping yeah. the same price tag on it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks, but it's yeah. nice having on the Xbox One because really we wouldn't play it on the 360. You no. Know? It's yeah. it's kind of a pain to boot up the 360 these days, which is why it would be nice to have this game as backwards compatible. But like yeah. being a game like Resident Evil 5 is one of my all-time favorites. So being a game that I know I can go through and get all of the achievements, I'm still going to buy the re-release because I'm an achievement whore and I, I want those new <laughs> achievements. But uh, being able to have the option to play Resident Evil 5 with my buddy, who I speedrun with, who doesn't have an Xbox One, would be nice because we play on 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like, that's another point. It's just, like, um, backwards compatibility continues to give players options to, to play with the people that are in their friends list. Like, I can't play Resident Evil 5 with my buddy who's on an Xbox 360 because I'm playing the Xbox One version, and I can't play the Xbox 360 version on my Xbox One. There's like no reason for that game to not be backwards compatible. And if it were, I'd be able to play that game co-op with my friend who's still on 360. Final thoughts on that. Like th- there really aren't any other developers or publishers beyond Microsoft so far to my knowledge who have done anything radically different with their re-releases. Uh, so really there's, there hasn't been much of a reason to buy them or for them to exist if you, if you haven't played a game before, like the, if that's like your first time with a game, if that's your first experience, then I can see re-releases being enticing. But you're still looking at like a $40 price tag on a $10 or $20 game. Yeah. And a lot of times they're like really lazy ports. And there's, there's <laughs> still development costs that go into those uh, lazy ports, but 
the, those costs are, are still a risk and they have to make that money back for that re-release to be a profitable venture. I mean, that's why you have that, that markup, but still like a lot of them feel rushed, feel terrible. And it doesn't, it doesn't warrant that additional charge on the price tag. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of a, that's a, a gamble on the the production company who puts that out. Uh, Is it worth it to them to put in that effort, even if it is rushed, you know, maybe that's the, the, what they're running into oh, this didn't get as much hype as we were expecting. So let's just hurry up, get it done, move on to something that's going to actually make us some money. So Yeah, and if they're going to do that, I, then why not just like flip the switch and say, yeah, Microsoft, make it backwards compatible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, really, uh, the power is with the consumers. Yeah. So. It's like I get it that the, the PlayStation 4 isn't backwards compatible, so a lot of these re-releases have some uh, some usefulness on that platform, but there's no reason that, that these re-releases and backwards compatibility can like coexist. There's no reason that I can't have the option to play Resident Evil 5 as the Xbox One game and the Xbox 360 game when I know my system is entirely capable of it and and making it backwards compatible doesn't uh, have any additional costs for the developers or the publishers because it's all being handled by Microsoft on the back end. Make it easier, right? Right. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say about games. I believe so, too. Cool. So let's move on to talking tech. I don't have a whole lot to say, but I did find something that really caught my interest this last week. This is something that I read about a while back. Uh, I tried to find the the original blog post, but I was too lazy to really look for it Um, because I know I've read read about this probably about a year ago or, or maybe six months or so. But researchers at Microsoft Research and the University of Washington stored a record 200 megabytes of data on synthetic DNA strands, which is cool. They're, they're researching storing data on synthesized DNA. And the spot on which the data was stored was smaller than the tip of a pencil. That is small. Very small. Um, I think the blog post described it as like you could just see like this small little film at the bottom of a, a test tube, and that's all it was. Yeah. And, you know, I think them describing it as smaller than a tip of a pencil still, I think it's actually smaller than that. Just something close in size. Well, it's, you know, a good point of reference for just like everyday objects. Like, hey, the tip of a pencil is pretty small. But yeah, um, DNA storage, really odd concept that seemed weird when I first read about it, but really cool. There are a lot of benefits to DNA storage, including reducing the size of storage mediums, like this 200 megabytes that fit on the size of a pencil tip, and the longevity of DNA because it is readable for thousands of years. The uh, entirety of all of the information that's available on the internet using this DNA storage medium could fit inside of a shoebox. A shoebox for all the data that we have ever stored on the internet. Yeah. So, like, right now you've got uh, massive server rooms filled with rows and rows and rows of hard drives storing data. Like, imagine just, like, condensing that into a shoebox. That'd be an expensive pair of shoes. (laughs) Yeah, but then it could be stored for, like you said earlier, thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the principal Microsoft researcher on the project, Karen Strauss, had this to say. As long as there is a DNA-based life on the planet, we'll be interested in reading it. 
so it's eternally relevant. And now when she says we'll be interested in reading it, she's talking about DNA in general, right? Yeah. So okay. like basically like if if so, if we lost this shoebox of information and it was buried for a thousand years and uh, this life form came and, and discovered this, uh, they would try to decode the mysteries of this DNA and find that, oh, wow, all of the uh, known information of the 21st century is included in the shoebox. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't take up much space in a backpack. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think this is actually a really, really cool idea. Uh, DNA is, is a great tool for it because data is ones and zeros, like binary data. Everything a computer thinks of all ends up coming down to ones and zeros. And DNA is comprised of only four components. Um, and when they combine together, they combine in pairs and they're always the same. A's always go to T's, G's always go to C's, and those letters are just easy way to remember the sequences, you know. Uh, it's a lot easier than saying guanine or cytosine, you know. Uh, but because there's four, I believe that's, that. I'm just speculating on this one, but they mentioned that they have error correction built into their uh, their gene sequencing, their reading, and it was so precise that they didn't even lose a single bit of data mm. and i believe it's because they were using four letters so it'd be like having a zero one and a two and a three as kind of just like a mirror of the zero and one mm. so that's just speculation on how that might have actually worked but it's, i think it's a great idea and dna is small but at the same time it's really large uh i believe one strand of dna compressed in a cell is really tiny but if you were to you know, painstakingly unravel it, it could be up to a meter long. Huh. Granted, it's so thin you can't see it, but. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's cool stuff. I mean, like, it's probably a long way out before it's uh, feasible, but the the ideas and the prospects mm -hmm. of it are really kind of exciting. Yeah, that's for sure. And they've been trying to sequence DNA for, I mean, not trying, they do sequence DNA all the time. And uh, the techniques are just getting better and better as years come on. Yeah. I think that's all I have for tech this week. Yeah. And imagine how many comics you could store on one strand of DNA, right? <laughs> so, so many. But I think we're only going to cover one this week. And that is Captain America... The Steve Rogers issue two. I know we're a week late on this one. Uh, we've kind of fallen behind in keeping up with Marvel. That said, we really wanted to make sure that the new Captain America comic got a featured segment in our podcast, especially after all of us were less than pleased with the launch issue. To recap, the last issue ended with Steve Rogers tossing Jack Flag out of an aircraft and asserting his allegiance to Hydra. That uh, whole Hail Hydra panel that um, disappointed pretty much that everyone. <laughs> horrible horrible panel yeah <laughs> it, it really kind of felt like a long wait between issues and as time went on my anticipation wore off even more than it did after i closed the issue like i was i was ready to be done with uh captain america after that that last issue but i still kind of was curious to see what they were going to do but it was a pretty long wait and my anticipation kind of took a nosedive but did want to see where they were planning on going with the, the new development of Cap being Hydra. 
But when the, this this last issue came out, there wasn't uh, wasn't really much of a payoff, especially initially. The comic doesn't even hint at what followed the events of the last issue until the closing pages. Yeah, it did feel very slow. Yeah, like instead of instead of being a follow up, it's kind of a. Uh, like a lot of flashbacks um the issue follows the the cosmic cube the one that restored steve rogers youth and powers this is going to be another spoiler heavy discussion so if you don't want the issue or the ending ruined for you probably going to want to skip the rest of this podcast but yeah the this this issue focuses a lot on the the history of the cosmic cube uh it goes way back to the the early rivalry of uh, red skull and cap with uh Steve Rogers having shattered the cube in a fight with uh, Red Skull. The events in the issue take place mostly chronologically. Uh, they're they're basically uh, flashbacks arranged in a, a way that the story progresses as a single narrative. Um, as uh, Red Skull starts to to curate his master plan to just destroy Captain America. So the the developments with that make it pretty apparent that things aren't quite what they seem when it comes to Steve Rogers uh, apparent allegiance with Hydra um, and as you learn more about the cube and, and uh, Red Skull's plan you see that uh, in, indeed it's not true in some regards that uh, he is not mm-hmm. a Hydra agent yeah and uh, I have a little motor to say on that a little later Yeah, <laughs> with the whole reveal of this of this issue I was kind of dis- I disappointed that they gave it away so soon. Yeah. I didn't like the reveal. Um, I knew there was some clever thing that happened to Cap to make him go all Hydra on everyone. But um, I didn't really want to know this issue. I wanted more of a buildup. It was like, oh, well, that's why. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And only two issues in. Yeah. Yeah, it's like. You could have just built it up where everyone's like, what the heck, Cap? What's going on? Just keep going farther because <laughs> they already made everybody mad. Might as well go full out. Right. I mean, you had this this big shock reveal and then uh, such a rapid turnaround with the next issue. Um, they, didn't, they didn't do anything to kind of like play into that at all. It's not like they're going to lose readers because of it. No. Might as well go full out and they just, they never do. I'm fairly certain they probably already lost their readers. Well, yeah. I mean, people are still going to buy it and read it, you know? Yeah, I know. But, like, the people that they've lost, they've lost. Like, it's going to take some time to get that goodwill back. Yeah, build a little bit of a story behind there while they're waiting. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. The, I don't think they're hurting too bad, though, so they can no, they can just do what they want. For sure. But, yeah, the uh, the cube's manipulated by Red Skull to alter... Captain America's memories and uh, it's implanted the idea um, or, the, or the memory that he is uh, a Hydra agent so in some regards yeah he, he is a Hydra agent because those thoughts are so embedded in his mind um, but he hasn't always been a Hydra agent like they presented in the, the previous uh, issue so since like at his core he's still Steve Rogers we're probably going to see him get out of this and, and probably work towards uh, redemption of some kind. And uh, if they do that, it might be interesting development because we're, we might see like him struggling with the consequences of his actions while uh, under the influence. Mm. So to speak. Right? Mm. 
And also, I just they they just did it like halfway again. Like Marvel, I feel like has been doing that lately, where they they do something shocking or they could do something shocking, and then they just they bring it back because they're too actually afraid to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this whole issue felt like it was building up to something, you know, like a big reveal, but it's like it was just holding you right at the end of that, and it never really got anywhere. When it hit the very end of the 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 issue, it felt like I finally had just, like, picked up where, uh, like, it just explained the last issue. I don't feel like I got, I got an explanation, I guess, of why Steve Rogers did what he did, but I still don't feel like I got any more out of the story, you know? And upsetting, again, last frame, he says, Hail Hydra. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) this... It's like these writers are just kicking me while I'm down. <laughs> they. I hope they end I, every issue like that. <laughs> I hope not. I would just. I'm just gonna like curl in a corner and just wait for it to all pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, last last issue I mentioned that I don't think I could ever forgive them for. For what they did, like with that issue, like ending it that way. I feel a little better after this one, I should say, but I don't, because f- I can see that it's not his fault. It's somebody manipulating his memories, you know? It's not like somebody's hypnotizing him or something, but he's they're changing his actual memories of his whole life, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, his childhood, you know, all the stuff we saw that we thought was real in the previous issue. So he didn't grow up a Hydra agent, really. He was just deceived thinking he did. But I don't think that really redeems it to me. Yeah. No, but um, you do raise an interesting point though that Steve Rogers is going to be mentally and emotionally messed up where it's going to be kind of interesting to see how he fights through this and if he gets his real memories back is he going to confuse what's real what's not is there going to be like an insanity type of thing going on where he's going to have like almost two different timelines in his head Mm -hmm. where he doesn't know what's real and what's not it's an interesting idea and it'd be cool to see them pursue that, but I, I don't know if we'll see something uh, of that depth in a, a Marvel run. I can hope, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I would like. To, I mean, I think that would really redeem it for me, where I would be okay with where it's going if it did something with that type yeah. of depth. I don't, I don't think there's really a way that this comic could have gone that it would have been happy, like the damage has been done and I think no matter what they do or what they try, uh, it's going to take time for fans to come back and embrace a series with like any kind of devotion. Um, on one hand, it's nice to see that Cap's hydratizer are fabricated. Uh, he hasn't been an evil douche parading as a hero all these years, but it also feels cheap. Um, I, like, I mean, like all of us like hated the, the hail Hydra twist at the end of the last issue, but it was, it was a, a bold new move. And as much as I, as much as I would have hated it being true, it would have been interesting to see where they would have taken the story beyond that, um, and uh, how it would have affected all of the the people and the, the other characters around him. Um, it's it's entirely possible we might see something like that in 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 some capacity, uh, with like the thoughts being a, a hydra agent so 
deeply embedded in the mind of, of Captain America. Um, but it's somewhat disappointing to see the reveal uh, that he isn't like at his core a Hydra agent comes so quickly in the series run. Uh, your fans are already upset and pulling a 180 on the twist so soon isn't going to earn their goodwill back any sooner, like I said. Um, let the readers you still have stew a while over the, the idea of an, of an evil cap. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just still bitter about the last issue and, and this one isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be. It's, it's a solid read. Uh, it provides a good... I don't know, even brilliant, like, reasoning behind Cap's allegiance to Hydra, but I can't help but be let down by how quickly they jumped on explaining his actions instead of letting uh, readers think that his Hydra roots were real, like, just just a little while longer. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 3. I can agree with that. Uh, 2 out of 3 is, is, a, is a fair assessment of that issue. Um... And I could definitely agree that it was a quick explanation to pull back. Uh, but with the issue, I, I have some speculation of, of how this will pro- this might end up. So I'm, I'm interested to see if that'll play out or if they'll throw in some more twists and uh, it'll be completely different than what I'm even thinking. But I have a, I have a feeling that Captain America is going to realize that his memories have been altered or somebody's going to help him remember mm-hmm. and that the cube who is now sentient i guess is going to see the error in her ways even and try to help correct mm. that's very possible but who knows <laughs> i'm kind of torn in what i want to give it um i did like um there was some good humor with red skull when the little cube girl shows up and he's like you have to aim lower for them for those children it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah I think like um the actual issue deserves a 2 out of 3 but I'm not happy with it still I didn't really feel connected I was just kind of like meh when I found out the reveals like of course that happened mm-hmm. and they, I think um they're there could be good things that come from it, but I don't think Marvel would ever do it. Like, as I said earlier, with the whole Steve Rogers trying to get his head straight thing. But I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah. I'll give it a two out of three. Yeah. So that's an astounding two out of three out of all of us. It's better than what we gave the last issue. So that's a plus. Yeah, that's that's for sure. It's on the up, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh... It's hard, like, because, like, I don't want to see an evil cap, but I didn't want to see them, like, turn it around so quickly. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm seeing a, a, uh, a resemblance between how we're talking about this one and how we're talking about the last one. If if the listeners can hear our voice, you can hear the disappointment. You can hear us sighing and, and talking as if we just, it's painful to think about it. Uh I, I want to see how this goes out further, yeah. but it is, I, I, they could be making a mistake by revealing it this soon, I think, for over for the overall uh, series of this. Yeah. Didn't feel good about it. Yeah. I kind of stopped caring now. I'll keep reading it just to see what happens, but I'm not, ex- I'm expecting nothing. <laughs> I might still be disappointed, <laughs> but. Yeah. 
Cool. So, yeah, Captain America is not evil. DNA storage is cool. And backwards compatibility and re-releases should live in harmony. I think that about yes. covers it this week. That wraps up our Power Up Powercast. I'm Andrew. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tyler. As always, you can visit us at poweruponline.com. That's pwruponline.com. Check out our regular Twitch game streams at twitch.tv forward slash poweruponline. And listen to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and soundcloud.com forward slash poweruponline. You can also like us on facebook.com forward slash poweruponline. That's pwruponline. And follow us on Twitter at poweruponline for more regular updates. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.